good afternoon to you. Welcome to Wednesday's Richie Allen Show, live from BBG Towers in Salford. How are you? Are you well? You're good, you're good, good, good. I've got two very interesting guests lined up for you today. You'll, you'll want to hear from them. You'll also want to comment, so do that via richieallen.co.uk. It's comment live there. Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. And it's all kicking off today already, so it is. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk in multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Sometimes you have to be quick, even more times when you've made an error. You're welcome to the program, I've already said that. Good to be with you, to be with you, good. Two very good guests coming up this hour, the legendary the legendary publisher of the Trends Journal, Gerald Salente, will be live on the line from Kingston, New York. Go to trendsjournal.com for more terrific publication. Can't wait to catch up with him. It's been a while. And then, a little bit later on, at the top of the second hour, we will be joined by Christy Grace. Now, Christy is an RNA, LNP, and recombinant protein biotech specialist. A really interesting lady. Very nice lady, too. Been speaking with her, chatting with her, for the best part of a week. We're going to talk about COVID vaccine damage, not just mRNA, but the adenovirus vaccine damage. What's going on? And is there any truth that DNA has been found in Moderna and Pfizer COVID jabs? Christy Grace will tell us more in the second hour. I've already told you how to get in touch with me. It's richieallen.co.uk. That is the website, top of the menu bar. Comment life, get involved, have your say, or forever hold your peace. I tend to find that when I screw up, I didn't screw up really. <laughs> it was minor compared to the screw ups I've had over the years. My illustrious career, not. But uh, I tend to get sharper as the afternoon wears on. I've been following Boris Johnson, the former Prime Minister, giving testimony, providing testimony to the Privileges Committee, but I'm not really that interested in it. It's been on in the background while I have been preparing this afternoon's programme. Are you watching it? He has been repeatedly asked by committee members how he could not have known that various events, including various leaving dues, breached the guidance and breached the rules. Johnson was once described by David Cameron as... A greased piglet. Pretty apt. Don't often find myself in agreement with former Prime Minister David Cameron, but that is a pretty apt description of Boris Johnson. Just picture him in your mind. A greased piglet. Doesn't matter. Sir Bernard Jenkins is on the committee and he's asking him questions and Bernard Jenkins must be bursting at the seams. I say this with my tongue in cheek, by the way. To ask Johnson why the need for restrictions at all in light of the revelations in the former health secretary Matt Hancock's WhatsApp messages. You see, Bernard Jenkins was a COVID sceptic, a COVID lockdown sceptic. Now he finds himself grilling his colleague Boris Johnson because Jenkins is a Tory. He finds himself grilling Johnson on whether he knew or didn't know that he was breaching regulations. Regulations that were arbitrary and plain stupid. It's a bizarre world we live in now. Johnson is being grilled. You must have known that you were in breach of the two metres social distancing guidelines. Sure, dear listener, we know that a sneeze or a cough 
travels about 30 feet like. I did say arbitrary, didn't I? What a nonsense this is. He swore on the Bible to tell the truth. Boris Johnson and kept a straight face and didn't blink. That's going on as we speak. It might very well continue for the next hour unless something extraordinary emerges from his testimony. I don't think it will. We won't dwell too much more on it today. Now, the Florida governor, or the governor of Florida, is a man named Ron DeSantis. He's going to make a run for the presidency. And he is saying some things, dear listener. He's saying some stuff, things and stuff that you're inclined to like. And this is dangerous. He has said that his state will lead the fight against central bank digital currencies. That is a direct quote. According to CryptoNews.com, I bet you're collapsing laughing at the irony. Is the baldy gammon reading the CryptoNews.com when the baldy gammon has no interest in cryptocurrencies? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just happened upon it online. That's how it happened. In a press release, Governor DeSantis said his intention with the bill is to protect Floridians from the Biden administration's weaponization of the financial sector through a central bank digital currency. Pay attention to Melissa Schumay, who's been on this program many times. It added, <coughs> says CryptoNews.com, excuse me, that the legislation is necessary to, quote, prevent the proliferation of woke ideology into the financial sector. Now, we learned about this on Monday. DeSantis made a public appearance standing in front of a podium with the words Big Brother's Digital Dollar. Big Brother's Digital Dollar was attached to the podium. That was the message, right? So what has he tweeted about this DeSantis? He has to tweet, the movement is to establish, excuse me, the movement to establish a central bank digital currency is an attempt to surveil and control the finances of Americans. It would violate privacy, limit consumer choice, and undermine market competitiveness. CBDC has no place in Florida, and we are proud to lead the fight against it. So you'll get excited about Ron DeSantis, won't you, some of my listeners across the pond? You'll get excited about him, and you'll forget that you got excited about the other guy. And he turned out to be a fraud and a fake too, because you never learn. You never learn. So DeSantis is saying things we're inclined to like, but he's a career politician. Don't ever forget that. It's uh, seven minutes past the hour. That feckin' Jonathan Van Tam, that feckin' fecker, eh? Eh, Jonathan Van Tam, one time England's deputy chief medical officer, an oriental-looking dude whose granddad was a mass murderer in Vietnam. That's true, by the way. I like to bring this stuff up because I don't have any mass murdering granddads or great-granddads or great-grandmothers either, for that matter. Mass murdering. Uh, the Sunday Telegraph, I meant to mention this in the last couple of days, but it slipped my mind, but it's pretty appropriate today. The Sunday Telegraph ran a feature in the paper, which, which, which started with this paragraph. When COVID struck, they found themselves on the front line of the UK response. Three years on from the first lockdown, scientists and experts reflect on the highs and lows of the crisis and reveal how they decompressed in quieter moments. Yeah, so this is a kind of um, shit-washing. Let's call it what it is. This is shit-washing. Washing the shit off of the experts responsible for locking down the country 
and coercing people into taking, well, experimental gene therapy drugs. It's an attempt to whitewash them. So the Sunday Telegraph has caught up, a nostalgic piece, has caught up with people like Jenny Harries and Devi Shridhar, remember her, has caught up with them to find out, how are you doing now? After, you know, the COVID and we got the nation through it. A colour piece to, as I said, wash the shit off of these people. These tyrants, because that's what they are. And um, this is the contribution made by Jonathan Van Tam, JVT. He says it was like being on a war front for two years. This is a direct quote now. And I've struggled transitioning away from that and getting used to ordinary university life again. When you've been doing something that intense and serious with that much responsibility hanging over you, I think whatever comes afterwards is going to be difficult to adjust to. It's as simple as that. Shore fishing, shore fishing, he only says it once, was my means of escape during the pandemic. For me, it blends moments of tranquility and isolation with contrasting moments of intense concentration. But on something very basic hunting for food, rather than the complex world of public health policy and infectious diseases. When it was safe and legal to do so, 24 hours out of the firing line on a North Norfolk beach was pure solace and recuperation, leaving me ready to go again. I swear to God, dear listener, and his son Jesus, that is word for word what Van Tam told the Telegraph. Shore fishing was my, was my escape, moments of tranquility and isolation, contrasting moments of intense concentration, basic hunting for food, rather than the complex world of public health and infectious diseases. They asked him, what is it that you missed most during lockdown, when you think back to March and April and May of 2020? And he said, watching Boston United on a Saturday afternoon. Remember Jonathan Van Tam and his football analogies? While I dial up the clip, the clip from my audio bank, let me try a memory exercise. Van Tam made some football analogies that were pathetic and condescending and patronising during the first lockdown. While I dial the clip up, I swear to God I haven't listened it, to it even, I'm going to try to recall exactly what he said. I think what he said was this. He said, he said, he said, he was asked, where are we now? This was as they were manufacturing the vaccines. Where are we now? Jonathan Van Tam was asked, the deputy chief medical officer. And this is what he said, something like this. Midway through the first half. Let me give you a football analogy, he said to the waiting media. Do you want another one of my football analogies? JVT said. Midway through the first half, well, COVID-19 went one nothing up, one nil up. Well, the flu broke from the halfway line and played a beautiful ball down the line to Chesty Cough. Now, Chesty Cough skipped past the fullback and floated an inch-perfect pass to the back post where COVID-19 met it perfectly and headed into the back of the net. Disaster. But then, said JVT, it's now, where are we now? Well, now it's the stroke of half-time. We've won a penalty. The penalty is the vaccines. And we can only score the penalty and make it 1-1 if everyone comes forward to take our toxic shit. Now, I've dialed up the clip. Let's see how accurate... Let's see how accurate I am. I'm not joking, by the way. Let's have a listen. This was Van Tam 
the footy analogy. If you want, if you want me to do a, um, uh, a football analogy, then I, I, I have thought about this. Go on then. I would say that you know it's it's clear in the first half. Um, you know the you know, the away team gave us an absolute battering, and um, what we've done now is it's the seventieth minute. Um, we've got uh, they got a goal, um, and and in the seventieth minute we've now got an equaliser. Okay, we've got to hold our nerve now. I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, see if we can get another goal and nick it. But the key thing is not to lose it, not to throw it away at this point because we've got point on the board. And we've got the draw. So from that perspective, what I'm saying is that um, we need more vaccines, uh-huh. but we also need people to realise <laughs> that these are not an instant ticket out of anywhere. I was close enough. You'll give it to me, dear listener. You'll give it to me. Thank you. The time is 13 minutes past the hour. The Richie Allen Show, live from Salford. There's nothing in the world like it. Thanks for choosing it. A champion wrestler has been condemned for making Islamophobic comments moments after winning his third consecutive title. This is obviously in the United States, where college wrestling is a big deal. As speaking to the broadcaster ESPN, the wrestler Aaron Brooks, or Aaron Brooks, was asked how much of a factor faith played in his success. Rather bizarre question, unless they knew he was deeply religious. So he said, faith is everything. Christ, resurrections and everything. It's weird. Christ, resurrections and everything. Not just his life, but his death and resurrection, said Aaron. You can only get that through him, only. It will be spread only through him. No false prophets, no Muhammad, nor anyone else, only Jesus Christ himself. So the NCAA then, right, put this up on Twitter. And there's been a big furore since Muslims in the United States are very upset. So the tweet has since been deleted. And I've learned that the Muslims have decided to put forward a champion to fight for Muhammad's honour, to wrestle Aaron Brooks, to wrestle in the name of Muhammad, praise be his name. Apparently the Iron Sheik is going to do it. He's going to come out of retirement. Um, Appears University Talk, you know Baroness Fox, Claire Fox, she was one of Blair's girls, wasn't she? One of Tony Blair's women when Blair swept to power in 1997. Claire Fox was furious after she was disinvited by Royal Holloway University in London. Disinvited. She was invited to give a speech on, would you believe it, cancel culture. <laughs> she was invited to give a speech on cancel culture with Baroness Fox, but after pressure from the students' union... She was cancelled. Why was she cancelled? Well, she retweeted a Ricky Gervais joke. As luck would have it, I happen to have the Ricky Gervais joke right here. This does contain strong language. If you have children in the vicinity, I strongly recommend you give them a kick in the arse and send them outside the door. Ricky Gervais. So she was cancelled by Royal Holloway University for retweeting this. Oh, women. Not all women. I, I mean the old-fashioned ones. You know, the old-fashioned women. Oh, God. You know, the ones with wombs. Oh. <laughs> Those fucking dinosaurs. Oh. No, I love the, the new women. I know the new women. They're great, aren't they? The, you know, the new ones we've been seeing lately. The, the ones with beards and cocks. They're as good as... The new women with beards and with bulges in their undercrackers. Right, so that's the gag. 
that Claire Fox retweeted, somebody found this out and when she was due to go to Royal Holloway Uni to talk about cancel culture, she got she got cancelled. So she was speaking this morning to Times Radio about the experience of being cancelled from talking about cancel culture. It's also worth noting, I was never intending to go to Royal Holloway uh, University and talk about trans issues. That wasn't what the talk was about. It was about the importance of debate, would you believe? <laughs> um, and... It might have come up if somebody had asked me, but it wasn't my focus at all. I was actually going to talk about tolerance, you know, very high-mindedly. Mindedly, I was going to talk about John Locke and the whole spirit in which you accept other people's views. Um, even though if I had been going to talk about gender and and sex and that controversy, I don't think somebody should have been cancelled for that, of course. But it's just so ironic that this has turned into a discussion about trans issues that it never was going to be in the first place, which would indicate that this is a, a, an ideology that's obsessed with itself in a way, that it demands and coerces a type of speech from somebody that's not based on anything they're going to say in the first place. I do. It is true that I'm reasonably well known as being gender critical. I believe in the biological reality of sex. And I'm not trying to rehearse that for the sake of it. I mean, that is known. I mean, to be honest with you, I was rather miffed that the reason that they cancelled me was that I retweeted a Ricky Gervais speech. I mean, comment, I mean, you do think, God, I'm a public figure. I speak a lot. You'd think they'd find something else that I said a bit more meaty to cancel me on. Yeah, they might have found something a bit more meaty to cancel me on than just, just that I'd retweeted a joke. More from her. But I, I, I want to stress, and this is genuinely important, the reason why this has come to light is because the students who had invited me, some of them were just so upset that they felt that all the work they'd done, I mean, you know, uh, advertising it and going through all the bureaucratic nonsense to get me okayed as a speaker was completely wasted. It was the first event that they were having post-lockdown, you know, live event, and they were quite excited about it. And... They just felt abandoned. And, and I think that the important thing here is not that I was cancelled, but that students who are sometimes caricatured and characterised as snowflakes, this was a group of students who wanted to have discussion and they were denied doing it by the student union putting them under so much pressure. But also, very importantly, the university didn't intervene or step in to defend the debating society. Indeed, the principal of the university if anything said oh well we've talked to the student union um you know they went through the right procedures nothing to see here what's the problem yeah i remember doing a postgraduate course in tv and radio at salford and learning about bnp speakers coming to address you know certain meetings and and whatnot and nobody it never occurred to anybody that's the british national party by the way and I'm not saying anything about any party. I'm just saying that's a controversial party, right? And nobody wanted them cancelled. Oh, no. The thing was, the people who disagreed with them, who see things differently than the BNP, they would turn up to have their say, but not to stop them. You see, strange old times we live in. It's uh, coming up for 20 minutes past the hour. Comments are coming in already. Thank you. Keep them coming in. Is there any developments... Has there been any developments in Boris Johnson's appearance before the Privileges Committee where they are trying to determine if he deliberately and grievously misled Parliament for a, a, a misdemeanour 
if, uh, if, 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 if he is found to have deliberately done this, he could lose his seat. He could be kicked out of Parliament. Charles Walker, a Tory MP, is questioning the former Prime Minister now. He's been shown photographs of himself at various gatherings during the course of the afternoon, various gatherings that took place during lockdowns. And Johnson's pretty bullish from what I could hear, you know. I was listening to it in the background. Has come across as pretty bullish. Uh, he knows, of course, he knows what most people don't know. It is a charade, a charade. But the public at large, dear listener, they are, they keep missing the point. Here is Rianne. Rianne is a Welsh lady, and she got in touch with... Um, oh, oh yes, Channel 5, the Jeremy Vine show, at the moment being presented by Nick Ferrari. Did Rianne. They're missing the point of the public. Yes. And he's blaming his co-workers for his own lack of judgment. Yes. Also, during this time, I lost my 96-year-old dad and uh, when he was breaking the rules. I'll never forget his hand on the window when we were trying to communicate with him. I'll never forget him. That's terrible, that, isn't it? It is terrible. Having to try to communicate with your 96-year-old dad through a window, the average life expectancy in this country is about 81 82. The old dad was 96 and they prevented him spending time with his daughter and he died alone. That is wretched. But it's no longer the point, or at least it shouldn't be the point for these people. The point should be, why were they not as scared of COVID-19 as they wanted us to be? I know I laboured this point yesterday, but it pisses me off. Is it narcissism? Is it me, 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 me? Oh, look, I was injured. I was injured. I was injured. Me, 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 me. Yes, yes. Millions of people obeyed the rules. And funerals were, were, were affected as a result. Weddings, everything. Yes. But when will you make the leap to, away from, away from, well, we obeyed the rules like good little bunnies, while, while they didn't, get away from that. Why did they not obey the rules that they set for the country? Rianne, is the question... Right, and maybe the answer is a bit uncomfortable for some of these people. Because when they realised that they were had all along, and that COVID was a pretty mild thing that didn't warrant the bloody restrictions and the vaccines and everything else, when they realised that, well, then they've got to do something about it, don't they? Or maybe they don't. 22 and a half minutes past the hour. The Richie Allen Show, live from Salford, BBG Towers here in the northwest of the UK. Always good to be with you. Do not forget, I will be joined by Christy Grace. You don't want to miss her. Really, really nice lady. Very clever as well. She is an RNA, LNP and recombinant protein biotech specialist. She's part, she's not part of a group, but she's working alongside vicariously, of course, because of all of the banning and the shadow banning and everything. A number of other experts and scientists who are looking into the harms caused by the COVID treatments, namely the jabs. We'll talk to Christy about that a bit later on. Coming up in a few moments, Gerald Salente, the legendary publisher of the Trends Journal and a friend of mine now, God, 12, 13 years now I've known Gerald. Can't wait to catch up with him this afternoon. What have I got for you? I've got Eliza Doolittle for you then. You can't go wrong with that. Stay tuned for Gerald Salente. Eli's a Doolittle and pack up on the Richie Allen Show 26 and a half minutes past the hour. 
Let's um, do one or two of your comments before we welcome Gerald back to the programme. Let's do that. Hi to Elizabeth, who says, Loves Gerald. I wonder what he thinks of the position of America with the combined decline of the economy, the drop in the dollar, orchestrated destruction of the supply chains, and the changing hegemony. Does he think the Fed will do another quantitative easing to get past the next election cycle? We might ask him that. That might very well come up. On the wrestler, Aaron Banks, James says he's only speaking the truth. He's trying to help people. Really, James? A billion and a half people at least around the world would disagree with you there. Uh, William says there is a fine line between fishing and just standing on the bank like a dickhead. That's a quote from Stephen Wright, the comedian. Hi to Faisal. Craig says I cannot help but wonder why more of the masses do not join the dots. A war on COVID is a war on the microorganisms of our planet. A war on viruses. And for some years humans, despite also being a natural part of this world, have been likened to viruses. That's right. That's right, the, the, the now deceased Duke of Edinburgh. He didn't say humans are a virus, did he? He said that we're a cancer or a plague. Something along those lines. Hi to Jonathan Stone. And hi to Andy Dunbar. Andy, I got your email this morning. I was absolutely delighted to hear from you. I will be in touch later on or tomorrow. Thanks for sending it. We'll certainly have a chat on the programme. Without a doubt, Andy. I met Andy at Salford Uni. Well, Andy was at Salford Uni and he was doing his final year and he asked me to help him with a project and I did that. Really lovely guy. The only problem with him is he's a Liverpool fan. But we all have our crosses to bear. Paul says, Richie, given what we know about David Cameron and what he did with that pig's head during his Bullingdon Club days, does this mean that his comments about Boris are a sign of his sexual attraction to him? Well, you'd have to ask David Cameron that, wouldn't you, I suppose? <laughs> I couldn't answer that. That is something I couldn't answer. Right, um, plenty of time for you to get your comments in. We're on till 7 o'clock as usual. It's richieallen.co.uk and it's live comment at the top of the menu bar. I look forward to reading your comments. Momentary, just a momentary little issue with getting Gerald on the line. Um, so I might take another piece of music while I sort that out but he will be on in a moment no panic he's around he's around and Christy Grace will be on the show with me a little bit later on that's going to be very interesting too you can find her on Twitter I tweet to all my guests so follow them and stay in touch with them after the show as well 29 and a half minutes past the air while I sort this very small problem out here's the Bride of Satan yeah, just to keep us uh, honest, you know. It's Madonna and Cherish back in a few minutes. Right, that is or was Madonna and Cherish. The time is 29 and one half minutes to the top of the hour. It's been a while, but this gentleman has been gracing our programmes for over 10 years now. Um, I wish, although he has millions of followers around the world... I wish Moore had paid attention to him and to the Trends Journal in the years leading up to 2020. He is the publisher of the legendary Trends Journal. It comes out weekly. Uh, go to trendsjournal.com if you want to know what's happening and what's very likely to happen in your world in the next uh, few weeks, few months and a few years. You've got to check it out live from Kingston, the one and only Mr. Gerald Salente. Gerald, welcome back. How are you? 
I'm all right. How are you, Richie? Thank you so much for the kind introduction. I'm a clown. I was trying to call a Gerald Salenti account that's a private account belong to you. So I'm just an idiot. I should have uh, rung you a minute ago. Of course, you're on a different account. Anyway, the listeners don't need to know any of that. You're very welcome. Love having you. It goes crazy when you come on the comments coming through the website and what not. Brilliant um, journals always. Last couple of weeks. Let's talk about the crash. Do you know I get the messages coming into the show? The most common message coming into this show is, Richie, what am I going to do? I've got a couple of grand in the bank. What's going to happen? Should I be worried about Credit Suisse? Should I be worried about what's happening in America? Will there be contagion? Of course, you're covering this in the journal. What say you, my friend? We are on the precipice, as I've been warning now, the worst socioeconomic and geopolitical crisis in modern history. Let's, let's take a look on the financial end for a second. Let's go back to ancient history. We'll call it 2019. The year before the COVID war began. The world was on the precipice of recession. Germany, the largest economy in Europe, fractions of a, of a decimal point away from recession. Things were going down. You go to New York, east side, west side, all around the town for rent, for lease, for lease, for rent. Things were going down big. What people forget, and that's what trend forecasting is, trend, trend forecasting is an understanding of where we are and how we got here to see where we're going. So you go back to the panic of 2008, because it resembles what's going on now. And what did they do? Hey, I'm Jamie Dimon. I'm some arrogant, stupid little freak. I need money. My bank is going bust along with Wells Fargo, City, and all of the others. Bail us out. We're too big to fail. You, Richie Allen, you, everybody out there, you're just pieces of crap. We're too big to fail. We're better than you. Okay. The Federal Reserve dumped in $29 trillion. $29 trillion from 2007 to 2010 to bail out the banksters. That's right. Oh, don't believe me. Go to Levy Institute at Bard College. That's their number. So what they did, they bailed out. Oh, now let's make up some more crap. Here, swallow this crap. We're going to call it quantitative easing. Oh, quantitative easing? Yeah, we're going to buy up all those corporate bond shit and all the other crap, and we're just going to keep buying them up and keep those interest rates low so that we could artificially prop up the economy. And they did that since 2008. And then the COVID war begins. We're fighting the COVID war. We're fighting the COVID war. Oh, no. That's, not, again, not my language. That little piece of scum crap, arrogant little bastard that I'd love to take out because of the misery that he's created. In a country near you, you got that Boris Johnson. Oh, yeah, they're bringing him up. Oh, Boris, how come you had those parties when yeah. everybody else was not allowed to see each other? Well, hey, don't you know who I am? I'm the greatest-looking goddamn freak that you could imagine. So we're going to lock everybody down. We're going to have the COVID war. They all called it a war. They pumped in trillions of dollars to artificially prop up the economy. And the 
brought interest rates down to zero and negative. So they artificially propped up this economy with all of this cheap money, backed by nothing and printed on nothing. Now let's go to what happened. The Silicon Valley Bank busted. Oh, that's a great name, by the way. Silicon, con men, little con men, little boys of nothing, little suckerbergs. Hey, I love your T-shirts, man. Oh, your G- well, you look cool. Your style of nothing. Artificial intelligence. That's who they are. They were the ones that prompted, that promoted the COVID war more than anybody. I'm going back to what happened. Again, tracking trends is the understanding of where we are, how we got here, and where we're going. So the Silicon Valley bank busts. Oh, let's go back to Silicon Valley. That little freak Dorsey, that little clown with the beard that used to have Twitter. Again, we wrote about this in the Trends Journal as it was happening in February of 2020. I'm canceling my flight to South Africa yeah. because the COVID has come. And all of you people that work for me, go home. Everybody go home. You can't go to work anymore. And then Zuckerberg with Facebook. That little cook with Microsoft. Peach Eye and Google. Look at these guys. Look at these nothings. We're all closing down. Everybody go home. And you can't go to school. Go home. The tech stocks boom. I'm not going out. Afraid to go out. I'll order online. I'll buy online. They boom. Let's go back to Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah. Hey, I got an idea. I got a, I want to do a SPAC. What's a SPAC? Oh, we're a country. We're a company that has nothing, made nothing, but we're going to invent something. So loan me $500 million. Okay. And IPO, initial public offering. They're booming. It was booming. They thought that all of this tech crap would keep going. Then the COVID war ended. As we had forecast in May of 2022, we said it would end by then. All the tech stocks were way down, lost 33% of their value by the end of 2022. Now Silicon Valley Bank is holding all of that crap, right? And they're going out of business. We need your money. Oh, oh, we bought all of those bonds, those government treasuries, at when interest rates were down to nothing. And now we're selling that crap that we bought and we're getting hardly anything back. We're going bust. So it's going on. That's what brought down that bank. Now, let's put the big picture together. How about the commercial real estate bust that nobody's talking about, the office building bust that we warned about three years ago? As everybody's staying at home, they're saying then, you know, I don't want to commute. This is terrible. I can't believe I was getting up five o'clock in the morning to go to work. I'm not going to do that anymore. Okay, come back two or three days a week. I got a business. My business isn't doing that great anyway. I don't need all these flaws in this in this office building. Uh, give me two instead of ten. I'm the guy, uh, not the guy, the, the corporations that own all these buildings. Now, oh, interest rates went up. You have a variable rate kind of loan on these loans on these office buildings. So as the interest rates go up, you got to pay more money on your loan. Oh, you got to pay more money on your loan as people aren't renewing their leases. It. Again, the office occupancy rate in the United States, according to Castle with a K, is 50.4%. Is that all? And that's it. And now all the businesses that depended on commuters, going out of business. A third of the dry cleaners are dried up. People aren't going back to work. They're not dressing up. They're only going in two or three days. By the way, hardly anybody's going to work on Friday. Friday's dead day. 
back in the day, it used to be, hey, Friday, end of the week, man. Let's have a happy hour. Let's have some good time. Let's go. No more. No more. So now, now you got all these loans coming in, and the owners of the buildings say, man, can't pay that loan to the bank. Keep the building. You are going to see a banking bust, the likes of which we've never seen before. And here, too. You're not talking yep. about the U.S. exclusively. You're talking about everywhere. That's right. Because it's the same here. It's in our national news all of the time. Three-day weeks, hybrid working. High streets collapsing because of the same reasons you just gave there, Gerald, that um, those businesses that depend on office workers, they don't have any customers, so they're going bust as well. One massive bust. And the banks hold the loans, therefore the banks are going to go down. Here, I just Googled up. I put office occupancy rate UK. This is, it says, national weekly average of office occupancy rates reaches 34.3%. And this is January 2023. It's only a couple of months ago. That's from Remit Consulting. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Yeah. yeah. So that uh, February 23rd, 2023 in London... The West End experienced a weekly average occupancy rate of 43.9%. Here's a question for you. Before I give you the question, you're listening to, to Gerald Salente, legendary trends publisher of the Trends Journal and accurately predicting trends for years. Just go back and look. This, this stuff is discoverable. The proof is there. He's been telling us this for years. So tell me this, right? Um, is this linked to the desire of the gangsters or the banksters to introduce digital currencies and wipe out cash completely. Is, is all of this related to that? Governor Ron DeSantis has said that, basically, to paraphrase him, he said, over his dead body will CBDCs come to Florida for all the reasons, privacy, government control and all the rest of it. Is that something that you're concerned about? Go back to the Trends Journal cover three years ago, March 2020, from dirty cash to digital trash. Yeah, I've got it. It's right there. If you go online, it's right there. Anybody, all the subscribers can see it. This has been going on long before then. They're going to go to dirty, they're going to go to, again, you go to, go to uh, India. I mean, you know, you go to the markets, you know, it's a poor country. People use their phones, they're paying... They don't, they're not using any cash anymore at all. You remember when uh, Modi did away with the rupee? Yeah. And remember that whole the crisis that they did it purposely. They're doing this so they know every penny you spent, where you spent it, what you spent it on, so they can get their tax money and have more control over you by knowing your whole life. What did Modi do, Gerald? Did he, did he start by he taking... He did away with the old rupee. Yeah, the 500... Out with a new one. Yeah, he took away yep. notes originally, didn't he? He started taking away notes, like 500 rupee notes. And, yep. Yeah, yep. and that's happening. Well, that's been proposed here as well in this country. And I think you said to me many years... We've been speaking now since 2010. You said to me years ago, and I often quote you, and your, your ears will be burning there in Kingston. But um, you said to me one time, if they succeed with getting rid of cash and going digital, it's basically game over. Do you still believe that? Oh, yeah. Game over. It's game, it's, the game is almost over already. Um, you know, people, look, look what they're doing. I mean, <laughs> look what they did with the COVID war. Look how they destroyed the lives and livelihoods of, of billions of people. 
Oh, oh, your suicide rates skyrocketed? Drug overdoses skyrocketed? Crime skyrockets? Business lives have been destroyed? The bigs got bigger? Merger and acquisition activity at an all-time high in 2021? Look at all the people that swallowed the crap and, and did what they were told. I am one of the most hated men in Kingston, New York. You know why? I have peace and freedom rallies. Yeah. How dare I have peace and freedom rallies? What's wrong with you, Salenti? Why don't you be a little coward like the rest of us and suck up the crap that our politicians shove down our throat? Why, you're a man. You're not a mouse like I am. We hate men. We're just mice. Latest um, edition of the journal. Your artist is brilliant, by the way. We've said this Isn't many it? a time. Unbelievable devolution of humanity. But you're you're a man of deep and devout faith. You've often mentioned on the show to me over the years, the Prince of Peace. You're a warrior for the Prince of Peace. I, I on that, I I have to believe that you believe that as bad as things might get in the short term, these nutcases are not going to succeed with their plans for humanity. Is that, am I categorizing it right? Is that how you feel? We will eventually no. win. No, no, it could you be don't. all over. We, we, could, we could be annihilated in nuclear war. Let's talk about the Prince of Peace for a bit. Uh, what is it? April 9th is Easter Sunday, not too far away, right? Yeah. What happened three days before, uh, <laughs> it wasn't Good Friday, it wasn't a Great Friday, before they put him up on the cross. Oh, the Prince of Peace became not only angry, he made a whip. Couldn't buy him at Walmart's back then. You had to make your own. <laughs> yeah. And drove the money changers out of the temple. That's right. The banksters. The J.P. Morgan chases. The Credit Suisse. The, the, the Bank of America. One after another. He drove him out of the temple. And three days later, poof! He's on the cross. You don't screw with us. With with a bankster mob. We used to debate in school. In I went to a Catholic school like yourself. We used to debate whether or not Jesus had committed a sin. That that was always the debate. If Jesus committed a sin, was that it? Losing his temper and and smashing Losing up the tables. Temper and committing a sin. Never. No. Yeah, not standing in a up for yeah. standing up for rights and not being want to be robbed or murdered. Oh, how dare you fight? Absolutely. Tell us. That's like they say. That's like they say when when the Israelis go in to, to occupy occupied territories. Isn't that a nice name? Stolen land, land that they stole. When they go in there, kill Palestinians, and the Palestinians fight back. They're quote militants. Yeah. Yeah. When you fight back against the terrorist, oh no, you're a terrorist. You're a militant. When when the United States goes into your into Iraq, when they go into Afghanistan. When they, oh, oh, the people fighting the Americans and the, and the slimy uh, Blair over there that brought the Brits in there. When the people of the country fight back against those invading, they're called terrorists and militants. Yeah, the, the 20th anniversary has just passed, of course, of the invasion. And again, over the years, we've talked so much about that. Speaking about nuclear war, folks, go to trendsjournal.com. Subs subscribe to the journal. Receive it every week. It'll be the best decision you make today. I really do mean that. Speak it's only, by the way, it's only, ha, 
$2.86 a week. I know it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, no, we get, we're doing every, there's no magazine in the world that gives you in depth socioeconomic and geopolitical trends analysis and trend forecasts. You can't find it anywhere. The writers we're are We're giving brilliant. people everything we can to help them prepare, prevail, and prosper in these dangerous times ahead. In our money, it's about six quid a month. I mean, God, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Trends in the news as well on YouTube. Follow Gerald there. It's uh, coming up for 12 minutes to the top of the hour. Now, Xi Jinping, the Chinese premier, went to Moscow or Moscow and met with Vladimir Putin, the Russian president. And there was a cryptic, maybe I find it cryptic, maybe you won't, um, comment made at the conclusion of this meeting, this summit. The Chinese premier said something along the lines of, and I paraphrase, I haven't got the quote exact word for word, but something along the lines of, we'll make a new world order that'll last 100 years or something like that. What did he mean? Is this just tough talking for the cameras and for the Chinese people? Or, and I know the answer to this because I, I read the journal. What, yeah. What's really going on there with him meeting? Well, again, you read the journal. We yeah. wrote about it in this week's. Yeah. No, they, they, they've had enough. The world has had enough of America and Western Europe's hegemony. They're fed up with it. I mean, you know, uh, let, let's take a look. What's the population of Europe? Let's see. Population... 600 million, around, maybe more, maybe less. Let's see, what do they say here? 746 million. Right. Okay. Uh, what's the population of the uh, United States? At 332 million. So roughly a billion people. China has 1.4 billion. Yeah. India, 1.4 billion. The BRICS, you put in Brazil... You look at the bricks that are that are forming. They've had enough. They've had enough of America and Europe, and they're going to fight and form a new world order. And it's reality. You got 214 million people in Brazil. You look at the numbers. They've had it. They're going to do away with the dollar. And they're going to come up with their own currency, and they're going to back it by gold. Now let's look at the reality. They're going to raise it today within, by the time when we just when we get off the air, we'll know how much the Federal Reserve raises interest rates. It'll probably be 25 basis points. They raised them another 50 basis points in the EU last week. All right, so now the dollar. The dollar is going to stay strong as long as interest rates stay high. It's an investment. You're getting your money back on the deal. When they start lowering interest rates, the dollar is going to collapse. We have $31.7 trillion in debt. The interest rates go higher. You got to pay more on that debt. When they start lowering interest rates, the dollar is going to decline rapidly. And you're going to see more and more trading in a, they even may come up with a brick currency. But right now, the Chinese and the Russians, they're trading in yuan and, and, and rubles. You know, it's going to be one country after another. We don't want the dollar anymore. We don't want the euro. We've had enough. So what she is saying is 100%. They've had enough. If you... they've had enough of, they had enough of the military hegemony, and they've had enough of the financial hegemony. Tell me this. You might not want to answer this. If you were a young man in Europe, or anywhere really, 
by young now, I mean 19, 20. Maybe you've just left college. Maybe you're just about to go into uni and then you'll be leaving uni in three years. Let's say you're 23. At this moment in time, would you consider trying to move to a BRICS country to work and to live there? If I was a young person again, what I would do is I would travel all over the world. Travel all over the world and learn a trade. Definitely learn a trade. Regardless of what you ever do and and moving forward, learn a trade and see the world. Have a good time. You know, uh, when I was a young guy, like 18, 19 years old, having dinner with my father, may rest in peace, and he's sitting at the head of the table, I'm sitting to his left. He looks at me, he says, you know, son, they say youth is wasted on the young. He took a couple more bites and he looked at me, he said, they were talking about you. <laughs> you don't know anything when you're that age. You're just growing up. I didn't start growing up until I was around 32. That's when I quit my job when I used to work as a government affairs specialist, killing environmental legislation at the height of the environmental movement in Washington, D.C. Yeah, about 28 as a kid, you start getting rid of your teens, you know. So you're still young. So And, and the, the whole message is that you can't stop learning. I read six, seven hours a day. And you got to keep learning and you can't stop. But if I was a young person, foof, there are two kinds of people. People that leave home and people that stay home. See what's going on around the world. And then you'll find a place where you want to be. It may be back home, but it may be somewhere else. I love but that. But travel the world. I love it. Obviously, and I know you know this, a little bit tongue-in-cheek because... We, we're, we exist now in a paradigm where it might be more difficult than ever for a young person to travel the world. But I hear you and I agree with you 100 percent. But but outside of that, like, you know, with everything that's going on and if you feel the walls are closing in on you in your own country, like in England, for example, where things are getting more dystopian, might Brazil or Venezuela or or India, uh, you know, be a better what place was. You know, I was looking to leave the country in 2010. I tell the story. And we were opening the magazine. I was down in, I was down in Argentina and Brazil and Uruguay, Chile. And, you know, I, I've been most of Europe. And, but I hadn't been to I, – I was, we were opening the magazine in Berlin in uh, 2012 uh, in Germany. So I flew to Berlin, and I'd never been there before. And, you know, they're showing me all around in East Berlin, blah, blah, blah. By two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm saying to myself, my God, this place was grander than Paris before it was bombed out. The, the, the buildings aren't over 16 stories tall, parks everywhere, beautiful buildings. I'm looking across the street, having a beer, sidewalks wide enough for cafe tables, three and four or five deep, yeah. place to bicycle and to walk. And I'm looking at a building, it's probably 1880, and it's all, same height, all new construction. And I realized everywhere they took me, it was the same thing. Beautiful, beautiful German building and an all-new construction. And I said to myself, in the 1930s, Germany was at the height of Western civilization. Culturally, scientifically, philosophically. And I'm thinking of the great German names. And I'm saying to myself, why didn't the people stop this before everything was destroyed? Yeah. You're losing. I'm a fighter. I, you know, I teach close combat. I had many years. He's had my own school. I'm a fighter. But if, hey, man, guy comes in with a gun and says, get it down on your knees. Okay, man, take it easy. All right? You're losing. 
Where were the people to say, stop the war? Where were they? So anyway, remember, I'm looking to leave the country. I came back on, well, I left on April 10th, 2012 to go to Berlin. I came back on April 27th. And there was a for sale sign on the Franz Rogan building, 1750 building, that went up when I was away. I ended up buying that building and three other, two others on the most historic four corners in America, the only place with pre-revolutionary war stone buildings. And I bought them because Kingston was the first capital of New York State. The British burnt it down. They moved it to Albany. The Constitution that was written here for New York State, over 70% of America's Constitution comes from here. The seeds of democracy were sown here. I bought those buildings because I realized I couldn't run away. And where am I going to go? It's the same crap everywhere. I'm only me because I'm a Napolitano, born in the Bronx, born to be free. Yeah. If I was born in Artaville, Pina, Vica, Quince, I wouldn't be me. This is my country. Love it or leave it? No, you leave it. So that's why I bought these buildings. And that's why I fight. So I fight for the American spirit that used to be the spirit that the world wanted at one time. And so to me, you know, it may be a better place to go for a younger person. But that's, you know, that's my story. It's a brilliant answer. If they have the wherewithal to understand what's going on, they should have the gumption to stay and fight for their country rather than go and seek refuge somewhere else. It's a brilliant answer. I can't, I can't yep. add anything to that. It's um, terrific having you on. I know you've got to run. Um, you'll be back much sooner, please, than... than oh, um, any time, you know that. Love having you and on. And everybody, you know, please do what you can Number one, to get in the best shape that you can. If you go to trendsjournal.com and you look at our cover this week, the devolution uh, of humanity, you'll see what we mean. So get in the best shape you can physically, emotionally, and spiritually. The future's in your hands. The stronger everybody becomes in every different way, the less that we could have these little freaks tell us what to do. Could you imagine taking orders from a Boris Johnson, another clown you got there now, Sudan, what the hell's his name? with a billionaire or multi-millionaire clown playing Sonic, prime yeah. minister, or a little Gatson Macron, a little boy of nothing, probably with a pecker smaller than a, than a <laughs> pencil, you know, a little nothing telling the people what to do. You call these guys out man to man, they fold like that. And that's what the people have to do in a peaceful way. You're a public servant. We'll tell you what to do. You don't tell us what to do. Trendsjournal.com. The journal comes out every week. In this country, it costs you less than six quid a month. It's great value. Gerald, thanks. And thanks to Jane. Enjoy the rest of your day and we'll speak real soon, mate. Thank you. Okay, ciao, ciao. Bye for now. Gerald Salente, trendsjournal.com. Trends in the news on YouTube. Great to have him back on the show. Lots of comments on that. I'll get to them in a few minutes' time. It is, of course, Wednesday's Richie Allen Show. And it is the 22nd of March, 2022. He's right. He's right. The 9th, isn't it? The 9th, Easter Sunday. It's very close. It is the 9th, I know that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support the Richie Allen Show now at richieallen.co.uk. Yeah, I've been speaking with Gerald since about 2010. Great to have him back on. Now, your comments. Uh, Chris says, would be a laugh to hear Gerald debate. I've lost, lost that comment there. 
uh, to hear Gerald debate the caller from last night who said, don't use cash, as that would accelerate the introduction of the CBDCs. Who said that, don't use cash? Um, I must be losing my mind. Hi, Patricia, who's back from a visit to the States to visit 95-year-old mum. How you doing, Patricia? If only more Americans had the passion for peace that Gerald Salente has, she says. His answer was excellent, wasn't it? When I asked him if you, you know, are, if if this kind of two banks of of countries are basically forming behind one another, so you've got the United States and you've got the UK and you've got France and Canada and Israel, obviously, and Germany. Then on the other side, you have the BRICS nations, right? Brazil, India, etc. And Russia and China. Um, and if you think Xi Jinping is right, if you believe this, by the way, I'm not saying I do. You know how I feel about these things. I believe they're all controlled by the same hidden hand and I could be wrong. But if you believe that there there will be a shift in the power balance in the world, wouldn't you be better off to go and live in one of these countries? And his answer was excellent. Well, if don't flee tyranny in your own country, stay and fight it and defeat it and make your own country a better place, essentially very good. David says there are many abandoned villages in Italy. I wonder if Gerald has traced his family back to the old country to reclaim his pile. That's an interesting one. Craig says it's easy to manipulate the masses into war. All a dominant personality needs to do is exploit some form of grievance and provide some legal system to support it. The masses are, in effect, just as gullible now as they were during the medieval crusades. Thank you for that, uh, Craig. Isabel says, asking if one believes that in the end will succeed is like asking if Neo will ever win against the machines. Like in The Matrix, we're repeating the same scenarios again and again and again. We've been here before, Neo is told. At the end, he himself knows he has failed. Yeah, and in the end of the, at the end of the Matrix trilogy, the final Matrix, the Matrix Revolutions, I think Matrix 3, I know there has been a recent film, but the original trilogy, he eventually has to make a deal with the machines, doesn't he? Whereby the machines leave the human beings alone and the humans in, in Zion um, accept the existence of the machines. Yeah, interesting. David Ella, Ella, E-I-L-E means other. Other David says, where was the coverage of the fact that our government here in the UK is to supply the rapidly failing Ukraine army with depleted uranium shells, the very same shells that poisoned the soil of Iraq and Serbia for decades. This criminal move represents a lethal escalation. Russia will be obliged to respond. It's madness, it's David. Thank you. And Dory says, I'm coming around to Richie's thinking on Putin. Vladimir Putin, I saw some docu documents that indicate that BRICS, if just a step, is just a step in the plan. First, we'll have New World Order 4.0, the multipolar world, then regionalism, which we are seeing already, with non-elected bodies of governance, and maybe another 100 years down the line, full-on global governance. Thank you so much for that, uh, Dory. Jonathan says, I think Gerald is right about digital currency. If they do away with cash, they will be able to control every aspect of our lives. You can do nothing 
without the ability to purchase. And if you have the wrong opinions or don't take the vax or protest against the government, they will shut you down like they did with the Canadian truckers. That is a very good point and one I agree with. Uh, hi to Patrick. Right on, Gerald. I usually watch your shows on YouTube now. Always a must listen. Very good. He says, I like his rants and Richie is becoming too controlled these days. But that is fine also. I don't know how I'm becoming too controlled, Patrick, but thank you for your comment. Joanne says, so the UK is going to supply depleted uranium munitions to Ukraine. Do our dear leaders know that it causes cancers and horrific birth defects and will poison some of the most fertile land on earth for generations? This is truly sick, says Joanne. Thank you, Joanne. Time for another tune on the other side of this. I will be joined by none other than Christy Grace. You do not want to miss her. It's your Richie Allen show. And here's the boss from the Rising album, 2002. Playing this for my friend in Connemara, where apparently the weather has been inclement. It's been inclement on the west, the west of Ireland. This is waiting on a sunny day from Springsteen on the Richie Allen Show. Wednesday's the Richie Allen Show. Bruce Springsteen waiting on a sunny day. The Rising album, 2002. Yeah, it'll wind up some that, some will be wound up, but I don't mind, it doesn't matter. I, obviously where, 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 where I walk, where I live, where I walk, my dogs, our dogs, I will bump into people who will have had COVID jabs or a COVID jab. And as time has gone on, I've become, I suppose, much better known around the area. And people will come to me and ask me about the jabs, even people who wouldn't have a lot of time for the programme or programmes like this. And they will say, "What? why am I worried about the jabs? And I will explain what I have heard and what I have read from various uh, doctors and scientists and biochemists who have been banned. And they will say, have you any proof, Richie? And I will say, look, take a listen to these people and make your own mind up then. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. But I didn't have a jab and I do believe the jabs are causing harm. Now, my guest this hour is a really interesting lady. Um, she's one of several people that for some considerable time now have been blogging and writing about their discoveries around the jabs, the mRNA jabs and the adenovirus jab, the AstraZeneca jab. What are the jabs doing to people and how exactly? Funnily enough, that is a question I am asked from time to time. How, Richie? Richie, you think these jabs are causing harm. How are they causing harm to people? Well, Christy Grace is an RNA, LNP and recombinant protein biotech specialist. And I came across Christy on uh, social media, very impressed with her and the tweets she was putting out there, her own qualifications and her blog, which is on Substack. Let's welcome her to the programme. Christy, how are you? Welcome. I'm really well. Can you hear me okay? Oh, you sound like you're in the next room. It sounds absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. You're very welcome and thanks for doing it. I know you're busy. You're up to your eyes there. That's another new colloquialism for you there in the States. You're up to your eyes. That means you're very busy. Because you, you have a lot of friends over here. You've done podcasts over here. And you've picked up a bit of jargon, haven't you? Bits of jargon here and there. 
Like it's total nutters what is going on with the jabs. Yes. Com- complete bats. It's bat. Yeah, there's another way of saying that, but it's kind of rude. But yeah, you've got it. You've got it. In you can one. say it. I don't mind. Well, yeah, it's bat. Bat shit crazy. But that, that's, bat shit. It's fucking crazy. It's, uh, there you go. Now, if you <laughs> if you see Christy, by the way, on Twitter, you'll think butter wouldn't melt in her mouth when you see her uh, her profile photograph. So you'll be shocked. Listen, when um, you're 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 a biotech specialist. You're an expert in this field. When did you start looking at the the content of these jobs when they announced the rollout, Christy? Is that where it began for you, looking into what these things are? Are they necessary? And what are the potential pitfalls? Take us back. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm, I'm honoured and uh, thanks to your audience. Thank you. I just want to start off by saying I'm going to try to not talk about the science as much as I'm going to try to help people understand by bringing things down to street level so you don't feel like your eyes are glazing over or your brain is melting because it's really hard to listen to scientists when all they talk about is high science jargon and it it, it doesn't help. No. Uh, so, you know, I started about five years ago. I went to school initially to be a pharmacist, even though I didn't become a pharmacist. And I started about five years ago as a project manager and designer of what are called recombinant proteins uh, that would include like monoclonal antibodies, uh, working with RNA and lipid nanoparticle. And I worked with uh, top researchers. If you have seen a breakthrough in the news of a new like biotech or medical discovery, the first company, Aldevron, that I worked for, here in the United States uh, has most likely had a hand in it. And I can't mention specific companies due to confidentiality agreements, but I have designed these things start to finish. And I, I worked about 18 hours a day, uh, Monday through Friday, and then also on the weekends before I went into business for myself because we had so much work. So you know, I would see what would happen start to finish. And the projects that I had worked on have primarily been to help children and adults with genetic disease and cancer where they are suffering. And that is their plan A, is suffering. And RNA, and with the use of the lipid nanoparticle to try to do you know, gene therapy or maybe with monoclonal antibodies, um, is something that has high risk. So the projects that I have been involved in have been really small numbers of people, maybe 30 to 40, because it's known it's high risk. So when you ask when I started looking into these things, I actually know about these things. So that's when my alarm bells went off saying, holy shit. (laughs) It was about a week that I walked around in a daze. I'm not kidding. I was in complete shock and it felt like my brain had cracked in half. When someone said, you know, these are RNA-based, and I said, excuse me? What, what, what are you talking about, RNA-based? Because what, you know, we've done with the projects have been with cells in the lab where you either make protein, like you could think about uh, insulin. Insulin is a recombinant protein that is made uh, in a similar process that when people have diabetes that they take to, to feel better. But it's a lot of it has been uh, in the lab and in smaller amounts, and I am aware of the issues that happen because we would see concerns with things not working right in a lab because we had this saying that biology will do what biology is going to do. So we could see 
uh, things that would happen uh, that would be concerning, even using cells and not in people. So, so immediately that's when I knew, you know, something was up. And at first I thought maybe they fixed the issues because I saw the clinical trial data in the U.S. for Pfizer where they listed all the people that had the jabs in the clinical studies and nowhere on their website, which I archived, so they can't back out of this one, where they would list like, and please interrupt me uh, at any time, you know, they would list like the, the age groups, like people who got the jabs aged 18 to 24 and 25 to 30. And they would say, you know, this number had a headache, this number had pain in the arm, this number had a fever, but nowhere on that website did they list myocarditis, stroke, nor did they list uh, immune system disorders, death, heart attack, None of that. Seizures. Nowhere. Let's 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 do a quick recap. This is so important. This I mean, this is whistleblower stuff, really. So you've worked for these companies then in biotech and you've seen and been part of the design of treatments using RNA technology. And you saw this is before COVID, of course, and before the vaccines. And you saw that this is a problematic technology. And some of the things you were involved in were rolled out or not rolled out, but they were trialed on small groups of people. And you could see that th these things were problematic and caused problems in those who received them. You talked about cancers and stuff like that. So then you fast forward to the announcement that they've got treatments for COVID and you hear that Moderna and, and, and others and Pfizer will have an mRNA-based jab and you think, holy cow, this is not good. This, this, this is not technology that should be used to treat um, this virus, COVID, or, or, or anything else. So this is obviously big, right? This is, this, this is a big deal, that. And then you look at the Pfizer's own documentation, which has been very controversial. Didn't the federal judge, um, Christie, have to force Pfizer to hand over or to unseal lots and lots of uh, data relating to their, their trials. And in the, tr in, in the data, it says everything is hunky-dory. People experience very mild side effects like headaches and fever. So that's where we are. Uh, and this is, we're up to what now? We're up to, when did they start rolling the vaccines out? December 2020, wasn't it? January yeah. 21, February 2022, yeah. Right. And, and did you think to yourself, Christy, we're going to see problems. I mean, you knew that once people started turning up to the job centres, did you think we're going to see problems pretty, pretty quickly? At first, no. At first, I thought they... So I know of things that can happen in the lab, which I would love to talk about. And then there's other things that I have researched beyond what I know for the projects I've worked with. So initially, when I saw the clinical trial data, I thought that they had fixed forgive what was me. going on. Forgive me, you did say that. Forgive me. I didn't not hear yeah, that. Okay. You're right. You thought, right, they've um, obviously managed to find a workaround for those problems. Right. Happy days. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to believe that uh, it was going to be okay because they were about to give it to everybody. And then and, they began to give it to people. Yeah. And then we started to hear nightmare things. And I I kept looking at the data. I started following people on YouTube and different doctors that were speaking about injuries and some people were getting canceled and getting their, their channels shut down. And then I started digging and digging harder. And then when you talked about the unsealing of the data, I have 
been connected with the lawyers from that law firm and um, and some others as well, where I've I've seen what they've requested, which which is called a Freedom of Information Act request. I currently have my own request in, so they requested all the data from the clinical trials. I've requested data for the last two years on every batch Pfizer has made to date, and I requested really specific analysis, and I knew what to ask for because I've got the background, so I knew what to call out to see for issues such as contamination, fragmentation, abhorrent proteins, and stuff I'd like to talk about today and just bring it down to street level. And I'll use comparisons and, and like analogies and where, where I think, yeah, then I thought, okay. Uh, so if like for one one thing, when we make, you know, the, the jab put what's called RNA into your arm. And when we would put RNA into cells in the lab, you know, that would make the cells make a protein and we'd have to break apart the cells and then purify the protein and put them through a bunch of processes so we just have this clean protein and that's it. And there were issues that happened in the lab, even in the strictest, strictest of settings, without even the human body. And you could repeat a project and do all the same things, all the same mixtures and, and ingredients, and you'd get something different. And we'd, we'd have one thing that would happen, which is a concern, is, of course, uh, cell death, because the cells are just making so much protein that sometimes they burst or toxicity. But another thing is what's called a, a misfold of a protein. And a protein, like, I don't know if anyone's seen the pictures, they look like big squiggly blobs of stuff. Yeah. But but they that actually has a rhyme to, uh, you know, reason to its madness. Uh, those are all... All those squiggly lines, the corkscrew things that it looks like curly cues, those are all in the places they're supposed to be. And it wasn't uncommon for that to come out fucked up. And then we would, like, it wasn't in the spot it was supposed to be. It was called misfolded. And it didn't happen a lot, but it happened sometimes. So we had to use two different chemicals to put it back in the spot that it's supposed to be in called refolding it with which what's called a buffer and a detergent. And so that was the first thing I thought of. The human body doesn't have a buffer or a detergent to refold the protein into its right spot to because uh, what's called an abhorrent protein, if it's like a, a sludge protein, uh, that can do damage to your body. That can that's that's toxic. You know, that can lead to things like cancer and a host of other things like a prion disease, which is correlated with Alzheimer's. My mind is blown here now. So you're introducing RNA to the cells. This is pre-COVID. And you see it, um, it, it, it basically instructs the cell to produce a protein. But didn't yeah. you, and you said that the cell started going, in many cases, the, the cell started going nuts and started rep, replicating the protein over and over again. Well, that's what we wanted to do to that's make a bunch, like, yeah. like monoclonal antibody. That's how the uh, Regeneron monoclonal antibody to help people get better is cells cranked out all that protein. And then sometimes they wouldn't be made or folded right. So the scientists put them together right. right and then they they purify them. And, you know, that went out and helped a lot of people. But the proteins in the cells, they were doing strange things that you 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 just explained how you had to fix that. But they would yeah. show up in places. But not that always. Not always, right. Okay. It wasn't uncommon. So it wasn't rare, but it wasn't, you know, thanks, sometimes that happened. Thanks for answering that because I was going to ask you how common that was. So then you said you used a process using a, a type of a detergent to rectify this. But, but importantly, tellingly, the human body doesn't have such a system to 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 clean it up 
Um, its own proteins it does. So the the human body on the rare, because, okay, so the liver, for instance, our livers make millions of proteins every day for us that we need to live. Our body is making all kinds of proteins all the time, similar process. And sometimes it that is on the rare that our body does do a little misfolding and whoops, but our body has mechanisms, but it knows what its own proteins are. It doesn't know what a foreign protein is or what to do with it. So this is an alien protein. So the, recipi yeah, there you go. So the, the recipient of the mRNA job is getting an alien protein and it enters cells and then the cells begin to replicate it. Yeah, I, I would love to explain. Could I? I, I kind of was putting together different analogies where I think, because a lot of people don't have a science background. So when the scientists I, I, um, say stuff, they're like, what the fuck did they just say? Yeah, and we, we, <laughs> we had such a fairly genial and friendly kind of um, chat on, on Twitter that I, because of that, I neglected to speak to you beforehand. I should have said to you beforehand, listen, you take over. I will shut okay. the hell up now and you explain <laughs> this using your analogies. And listen, imagine that I'm the dumbest guy you've ever spoken to, no. ever. Just imagine. I, I might be. You don't know I might be. Um, and Because you said it yourself, bring it down to street level and tell us what's happening. All right. And there's so much, both with the RNA, the DNA, and the lipid particle. And then... After that, I want to talk about a recent discovery that my friend, scientist, and genomics expert Kevin McKernan had the Moderna and Pfizer jabs tested, and he sent them out to a lab and didn't tell the lab what they were getting, one of the largest labs in the world, and they found one-third of the jabs have DNA in them, and they lied to us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down. So that is a recent discovery and why we've been getting extra heat on Twitter floating around because when you're over the target that's when you get more harassment that's bombshell just before you take over again i mean that is absolute bombshell stuff and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that before seven o'clock and um, that's um uh three of course p.m your time if you're on eastern time we've got about i'm on central but you're uh, on central 2 PM. Yeah. yep i'm watching the clock we've got about 35 minutes to go i'm just going to do one more introduction and then you take over you are listening to christy grace she's an expert rna lnp that's lipid nanoparticles and recombinant protein biotech specialist has worked on mRNA technology before the COVID thing. It's good to have you here, Christy. I'm really glad that you've taken the time. It's over to you now. Go ahead. I'm so happy. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me on again. You're welcome. All right. So I want to say proteins are used in our body to make many things. And I think this might take about five minutes for me to just give a, a little chat about it. So our body uses proteins to do all types of things, and our body makes proteins. Like I said, the liver makes millions a day. So I want you to think of your body as a house that needs regular maintenance, and maybe you need new furniture, updates, you need things fixed. And proteins have a lot to do with that. So if you imagine your house, like all your organs in your body and your lungs and your liver, if you imagine that, like different rooms in your house, and if you can think about you know, the cells have DNA in the center, and we were told that nothing was going to enter the nucleus, the center of the cell where the DNA is, that RNA can't enter it. And that's that's pretty much true, that RNA went in our arms. And what happens if we think about the RNA that entered our bodies into the cells, into our house, in the center of the cell, if you want to think about the DNA like a supercomputer, and this supercomputer has all the instructions and all the documents to make things that your house needs. And one big thing it needs 
it's going to make proteins. So in the center of the cell, if you think of that as a, a supercomputer, and all the cells have that, and it will go through the documents and it'll say, hey, I want to make this protein. So it makes a copy, kind of like you copy a, a file in your computer and it kicks it out of the nucleus. And then you have this thing called the ribosome. And I, you think of that as a 3D printer. And say the 3D printer says, oh, there's a copy of this instruction and I need to make a protein with it. So the 3D printer starts making this protein and it kicks it out, kicks it out, and then it drops that copy of the document and then your body will start to break down that copy of the document. Then the, the 3D printer, again, that's outside of the supercomputer, outside of the nucleus, said, I'm going to make that thing again. And so it kicks it out and kicks it out. But sometimes there's, there's some issues with this. So w once that's done... You know, it's it's just this factory where it just keeps making the the protein over and over again. Think of that happening with the spike protein. So here's we where we've got some issues here. Uh, so with the jabs, they they made the the RNA. Think of that as a copy of what you would find in the main supercomputer. You know, they they gave it a little special coating on it, so it makes it harder to break down. And then they also did the thing with the lipid nanoparticle, which I, I'd love to explain how that, like the how that's physically set up. But the the lipid nanoparticle also stops that RNA, the copy of the instructions, from leaving the 3D printer. And your body has to make its own proteins all day long to take care of the house. And what is it going to do if the wrong instructions are hanging out in that 3D printer to make an abhorrent? alien protein all day when it's got its own proteins to make. So then that gets taken over because it, it uses the same, the same stuff. And, you know, we were told that it only stayed in the arm. And in 2021, I had a leaked Pfizer file from Japan that's about 40, 50 pages. And the second half is in English. And it says exactly which organ it goes to. And I don't remember where I found it. People tried to squash it, but uh, you know I've been floating that around so people can see where they tested on rats and they saw where it, where that shit goes. Pardon my French. And uh, you know we were told that the the RNA wasn't going to enter the supercomputer because if something enters the supercomputer, you can get more files in there permanently. And so so here's the issue. So we've got. Uh, Sometimes the because it's a foreign document that entered the body, that 3D printer says, I really don't know what that is, and it doesn't always make the protein it was supposed to make, meaning the spike protein and that RNA jab. So maybe it'll make what's called a you know a toxic protein, and that's that can do bad things because your body says, Hey, I want to use that, and then it goes to use it, and then you know that can lead to immune system disorders and also your body is simultaneously the immune system is attacking that protein saying you don't belong here and it starts attacking those cells so that's going on as well but a, a really big thing is that the lipid nanoparticle and the RNA um, the lipid nanoparticle does a bunch of bad things and people talk about the peg I don't want to bounce around here but the pegylate is actually the worst or the least part of it um, if you think of the nanoparticle like an orange or a piece of fruit, 
uh, it, it looks like a sphere, and it's got four different parts on the, the outside of the rind of the fruit. That's where you'll find what's called the peg, pegylated and this helper lipid, and that actually helps keep it from breaking down when it's frozen. But multiple scientists, including Dr. Koh, who are far more experts than I am, just did research studies and printed in 2023 that it is breaking down when it's frozen and stuff is moving around and changing in these lipid nanoparticles. And then on the the inside of it, if you think of an orange and like the fleshy part that you would eat, I like to think like that is where the cholesterol is because cholesterol is in there. And then there's these things called positively charged lipids. And then in the very center is your RNA and that has a negative charge. And positive and negatives attract, kind of like uh, if you take magnets and one end is positive and one end is negative and, you know, two ends like that are positive won't stick together. They push away. But a positive and negative will smack right up against one another. So in that in that whole circular thing that you think of like an orange, you've got the positive lipids smacked up against that RNA that's negative. And when it's frozen, uh, scientists, multiple scientists found that it's breaking down and the peg is actually supposed to stop it from doing that. And it's not, but not with everybody. So when it goes into the human body, uh, it's supposed to be neutral. The positive and negative are supposed to balance each other out. But unfortunately, uh, we found out that it's got a bit of a negative charge on it sometimes. And if it, if it has the negative charge on this, this lipid nanoparticle, Instead of going to just your liver, it's going to go into what's called your vascular system, your arteries, your heart, and uh, that can cause damage. That can cause, that's where we're having, you know, we see myocarditis, blood clots, it can go to the brain. Um, the lipids can also clump together. If you think about, you know, they're a fat, like they're just like a fat. And if you poured olive oil into water, it'll all gather together because it likes to stick to one another. Same thing with these lipids. It only takes, uh, I think it's four micrometer uh, of size of these lipids to gather together where that could cause an aneurysm. So when we've seen people died suddenly within 15 minutes after getting the jab, if there wasn't a metal in there and their body wasn't having an immune system reaction uh, and there wasn't uh, you know, a clot, uh, the only other option you've got is a bunch of those lipids that just clumped up together. But then we're also finding... Uh, this is really interesting. There were a bunch of embalmers and I think funeral directors, and you had one in the UK that had his life threatened. I forget his name. Uh, I found a study from 2020. It was an Italian study by this guy by the name of uh, Fazuli Atel. Uh, they did a study looking at negative charges, not positive, but negative on lipids, and they studied rats and cells, and they found that if the lipids have a negative charge to them and pick that up, guess what it'll find? It will, it'll do. It'll cause blood clots. But not only that, it will cause these fibrous, really thick, and they showed pictures of it, which I posted uh, studies. I think it got like retweeted at a hundred thousand times. Like it was just huge. It got huge retweets. Yeah. Uh, that and it showed pictures proving that these guys aren't crazy. That's actually happening, and it's actually making the body produce a clot over 1,000 times the speed that it normally would. And that's why it gets really thick and dense. And when people have, you know, these spindly clots, like people say, like their lungs are just full of these blood clots, um, 
that they can't take care of them as easily at the hospital because the drugs that we would we would use, like I don't know if the names are different there in the UK, like warfarin or uh, apixaban, the to break up clots, the blood thinning stuff. It, it doesn't know what to do with these clots because they're like super clots. Too big. This- they're too big and too dense for the conventional medication to deal with. Yeah, I, I've read this as well. Can I, can I just um, just go back a couple of steps? Christy Grace is our guest, um, an expert in RNA, LNP, and recombinant proteins. A biotech specialist is Christy. What you've described to me, and uh, jump all over this now if I'm picking this up wrong, but for for some people, and we don't know how many. I don't. I don't think even, you know, the the people who who have access to all of this data, namely the Pfizer people. Maybe they do know. I don't know. But but for some people, I don't want to be sensational about it. So I say for some people, the mRNA job based on the cell DNA being like a supercomputer. Ultimately, the mRNA jab is like a virus. It's like a computer virus, isn't it? It's like taking a floppy disk 20 years ago, 25 years ago, with a virus on it and sticking it into a hard drive. Um, it'll mess up some computers and cause the computer to basically collapse on itself. That's what it sounds like to me. Am I getting it all wrong? Um, only because of the next thing I'm going to say, that that might be the case. So the RNA is not supposed to enter the supercomputer. Yeah, it's not supposed to, yeah. It, where the nucleus is and where the DNA is, because the DNA, that's like your permanent instructions. That's your permanent instructions. Uh, altering that is really bad. And the RNA, that's like the stuff that the DNA kicks out. DNA makes RNA, and then RNA makes the protein. So in the supercomputer, the DNA is in the nucleus and it's pretty secure in there and protected. You know, it kicks out the RNA instructions and then that 3D printer outside of the nucleus says, okay, I'm going to make a protein with this. But we were told that only RNA was in there. And just uh, a few weeks ago, I knew it was happening before we said it publicly because us scientists, yes, we're connected. (laughs) Like a lot of us talk. Uh, Kevin McKernan, MIT, developed the solid sequencer genomics expert. He's in Massachusetts and owns his own company. He got samples of Moderna and Pfizer, and he sent them to an independent, globally known laboratory named Illumina, I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A. He did not tell them what he was sending them. They do work for all kinds of companies. They are super reputable. So they're, and he says, tell me what's in these. So they did what's called sequencing. And again, he he gave them a few samples of Moderna and Pfizer jab. And these are specifically the boosters. And holy shit, not expecting what came back at all. So there's, uh, they found one third volume. So if one third the vials for Pfizer, there was more in Pfizer than Moderna had the starting, what's called plasmid, had DNA, had the thing when we talked about the supercomputer that makes the RNA, I mean, that's how the RNA was made back in the labs before they put the RNA in people. And they're supposed to separate the DNA from the RNA, but it had one third DNA. And uh, they were able to identify what this plasmid does, this DNA. It has a, what's called a promoter, but a really specific kind. So to say it has a switch or it has its own navigation system that somebody put on it, that makes it want to go into the nucleus, which is called for nuclear transport. That didn't happen by accident. 
So there. So then we got a problem now. The, we've got one third of the jabs that actually have DNA. Are they? Did they get sucked up inside the lipid nanoparticle? Because if they did, it's going to drive it into the nucleus and it's going to change forever the directions of the supercomputer. It's going to change the documents. So when the computer goes to to pull to make a protein, it's going to have that now in there. So, but we don't know if it landed in the nucleus or not. We just know it's really capable of, and we're preparing to do more tests to find out if that's true. But we need more people to help and replicate the study. And Kevin, the, the, just a word on Kevin. Kevin is an MIT graduate, and he's in he's in business now for himself. There isn't there's nothing for him to gain in putting out um, bad data in the public domain. There's nothing in it for him. There's not notoriety. There's not fame. There's not money. There's just potential ruin. I want to make yeah. that point. You know, there's there's no gain for the for the gentleman to put this stuff out there. So this is shocking stuff, this, isn't it, really? Yeah. If anything, uh, we've had death threats and harassments that have been escalating, and that's, again, how we know we're, we are over the target. You know, I've had harassment come in person outside of Twitter in real life uh, twice. And then, you know, I've known other people that have had their homes broken into. They've been run off the road. One guy uh, by the name of Matthew Crawford, he's been very public that he got ran off the road and we're questioning who did that. But yeah, Kevin has nothing to gain. Uh, we we have everything to, to lose. Yeah. I interviewed and, um, many years ago, I interviewed uh, when I was working in Spain, I interviewed a former mercenary, a genuine guy who, who'd been you know, basically a soldier for, for hire, commercial radio. It was all above board. The guy was genuine and never went into business in really dark. He never went into um, murder for hire. He didn't. But a lot of guys that he would have known in various conflicts in the 70s when, when they were mercenaries for hire, a lot of guys went into contract killing. And he said to me, more than 90% of their work, I'm not saying this to scare you now at all, but I just want to... To, to kind of endorse what you're saying, um, was on was at the behest of, of of big pharmaceutical companies. It was tech and pharmaceutical companies that were hiring former military guys to go and scare people and and worse. So yeah, I totally believe you. I mean, this is this is as serious as it gets. We know now that these companies know that their vaccines are hurting people. Um, we know the media is never going to investigate it. Is never going to report on it, apart from little bits here and there, GB News in the UK, and you've got Tucker on Fox in America, but 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 not a lot. So they'll do anything, I suppose, to keep this stuff secret. And just to reiterate, Christy, before you take over again, you're, you're listening to Christy Grace, RNA, LNP, and recombinant protein expert through her biotech work. Uh, she's uh, qualified, knows her business, talking about what RNA jabs can do to people. And she's explained very eloquently and, and, and in a way that we can understand how they can, can potentially cause harm for people. And she's dropped this big bombshell on us that her friend Kevin McKernan has run tests on the Pfizer and Moderna jabs and found that they they, they are, or they, they do contain DNA. And they screamed, didn't they, Christy, from the rooftops. From day one, they screamed, these are RNA jabs, these are not DNA jabs. They won't touch the nucleus. They won't interfere with the body's you know, instructions, they won't interfere at all with your with your own bio system. Don't worry about that. And now it seems there is evidence that in fact they do exactly that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just I just wanted to say uh 
when you talked about the hitman, I'm not suicidal. I have no intention of harming myself. I have no thoughts of hurting myself or others or the elderly, children, or the disabled. And I am very happy, even though I have a friend who's in the hospital right now who's kind of known in certain circles. Uh, yeah, I am living a good life and want to live a long life. So if anything happens to me, assume nefarious action. Well, please, God, uh, we'll never have that conversation <laughs> on this show. Please, God, we'll never have to talk about that yeah. on this show or, or anything else. And what could that do? Because when I, I, look, I did high school biology. I wasn't very good, right? English and history were my things. So DNA then, it's the instructions, isn't it? It's You, you said it yourself. It's how... I'm bald, how I have brown eyes, how I have a hairy chest, but very little hair on my hands, thank God. That's, <laughs> that, that's what it is. And um, this is the level of interference we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. I, there, there's other things I'd love because I know we have tw we have 20 minutes, right? Yeah. Uh, well, we can pick it up again in a couple of weeks time. There's so much to get in. Don't worry about that. This won't be the last time you'll you'll come on if uh, if that's okay with you. That'd be awesome because yeah. I also have the Freedom of Information Act request and the FDA initially pushed back on me asking for two years of data and I had to call out many pages of exactly what analysis I wanted, including to ask, did you do tests on plasmid? What kind of plasmid DNA is in there? How much is in there? What test did you use? Uh, please describe the tests. So there have been tests that have been secured from the UK, the EMA, and from the TGA Australia. So I'm in, I'm in touch with scientists in your country as well and Australia. And when we talked about RNA, you know, that's imagine RNA like a, a, a long string of instructions it's just one like straight, eh, it's kind of squiggly, one long string. And it's a copy, it's complementary of the DNA to make the spike protein. And there were files that were gained from Pfizer from Australia that were posted publicly, which I keep posting, where it, it gives a graph. There's a, it, it tells like, so uh, they did, they ran what's called sequencing and they put it through this analyzer to, to say exactly what was in like how much RNA was in that Pfizer jab. And they found pieces of unknown RNA, both Australia and the EMA on its own government website, which I am happy to post any links under this Twitter, this Twitter tweet, the post that you made here, Richie, to confirm everything I'm saying. And I have studies to back everything I'm saying. And the bulk of them are in my sub stack and my profile. But they, they found that there are pieces of RNA and there are studies that prove that pieces of RNA that are called non-coding, the, the documents that are supposed to go into the 3D printer, can cause cancer. They can, they can also turn off cancer, but they can cause cancer. And they can also make what's called a, an abhorrent protein, which can also cause disease and cancer. The EMA put in their own statement that these fragments were in the jabs. So again, that was I think it was a 167-page document. I can go and post uh, all this later today, so it's all in there. If people yeah, want you to did. review look, it. Look, you don't have to look. I, first of all, I'm we'll, glad to. I know, I know you are, and and we'll we'll um we'll plug the Substack account anyway and your Twitter account. It's all there. Look, I had a good look at it. I couldn't understand much of it, of course, but I had a good look at it before we um spoke today. You're right, the European Medicines Agency. You're right, the MHRA. It's staggering to me. They, they, they've acknowledged or admitted some of this like every step of the way. 
I suppose, safe in the knowledge that nobody is going to pick it up outside of the independent media. Nobody. Nobody's Maybe going they to thought ask there these weren't questions. scientists other than themselves that had brains. Or, or exactly, excuse me, I, I'm I'm not um, in any way doing <laughs> you down. Exactly, I know. exactly. They 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 forgot about the fact but that people very like narcissistic. You, yeah, and that you'd have a conscience. People like you would say, "Well, hang on a second. This is can, can I just mention a few comments? It's um 14 minutes to the top of the hour. This is the Richie Allen Show. You're listening to Christy uh, Grace. Christy is an RNA, LNP, and recombinant protein expert, biotech specialist. She is. And um, this has just been, it's been horrifying and fascinating. Loads of comments on it, on live comment on my website. Isabel asks this, um, could you please ask Christy the mechanism, could she explain it, how it causes the body to attack? I think she has done, Isabel, because I've understood it. How it causes the body, in some cases, to attack platelets. Isabel's friend has had the jab and now her platelets count is down to almost zero. Oh no. Yeah. No. Tell yeah. Isabella, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah. my gosh. So you have um is that in the UK? Is she where the AstraZeneca jab is? So uh the platelets have a positive charge to them. When I talked about positive and negative, and we know that uh the clotting can happen that happened from the AstraZeneca AstraZeneca jab that was involving the platelets, but the the platelets, um, the there's a different function to make them. And you know, did they say that her platelets were being attacked, or the body just wasn't making them? Because there's there's a couple different things that could happen there. And I wonder if I I could ask I could investigate because I'll do that for Isabella and write a stack for her. I don't mind doing that. That's- I just need a week. <laughs> That's 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 brilliant, yeah. I, well, I, so I could explain it longer than uh, more time than here, because there's uh, so we know that the uh, we know that lipids are fats, and there's four different kinds, and they we know that the body. When I talked about proteins, lipids can actually turn on pathways in the body. So the the negatively charged lipid, when I talked about that causing clots, it actually activates this pathway, and I don't want to blast like brains out of the water here but it's almost like flipping a switch for a certain road and a certain car to go down a road and do certain things and we know for sure that the lipids are turning on the switch that's called the epcr pathway and that is making the body make take the platelets and just clump them up and clot them really fast and really hard to make those thick clots so i would think and I'm not a medical doctor but when I talk about processes because I talk to them too because they have patients that they want me to try to help which I've been trying to give info to if it attacks the platelets you know there, there's some pathway or switch that it's attacking or that what happened was um, the immune system has been triggered in a way to make it attack that and the lipid they found is going into the and impacting what's called the toll-like receptors uh, TLR TLR two four and, and they have all these different numbers and, and it's part of the immune system. There's the antibodies aren't the only part of the immune system. It's so complex, Isabella. It's so complex and your listeners that they fucked up putting this into people, thinking that you know it wasn't going to impact stuff. So I would think that either her immune system is attacking that or it, you know I I don't I don't know if the doctor diagnosed if it was a cancer or the immune system attacking it or the yeah, she might come back and let us know. I just want to pick you up on something you said there before Tell I do. Tell her to like message me on Twitter. Please. On Twitter, yeah. Uh, Christy, I can't is, respond to everything. 
No, of course not. No, it's um underscore heart of grace underscore. Simple as that. Underscore heart of grace underscore. But if you look for Christy Laura Grace, you will find Christy immediately if you're on Twitter. Just put that into a search engine. You said they fucked up, right? To to to, to yeah. or. Or, or they didn't know. This is the $64 million question. I've got a very strong opinion. I've been doing these types of programs for a long time now. I'm very cynical. I believe there's an agenda at play. And I have sympathy with those who think that this was deliberate. But do you leave some room, and it sounds like you might be, and fair play to you if you are, that this is a gigantic cock-up um, and followed by a cover-up? Or is there something more sinister? Like a listener said to me, Christy has described what sounds like a bioweapon. So is yeah. it like a big mistake, idiots, you know, or or is it something more sinister? I think it's opinion? a combination of, I'm happy to answer that. I think it's a combination of there were bad actors, there were people who were oblivious, and there were people who took advantage of the situation. So we know, uh, I found, and other people did as well, that in the United States with the NIH and Anthony Fauci, in the year 2019, in the summer, in August of 2019, before that, there was a committee called the RAC, R-A-C, that's Recombinant uh, Genetic Products Advisory Committee on Biosafety and Protecting People from Harm when it comes to genetic products and pharmaceuticals. In 2019, right before 2020, Anthony Fauci made a decision with his team to eliminate the RAC Biosafety Committee on genetic recombinant products and absorb it into the NIH saying, we'll take it from here. And then the NIH partnered with Moderna. You know, as, and as far as these jabs, uh, I think it's a combination of, I think there are people involved that wanted to do good. I also think there have been bad actors and then there have been people that have been taking advantage of the situation. That's a fair answer. And those who have taken advantage of it, is it possible that those are people who, who do want to do harm to people? Yeah, I know other people have talked about uh, China and we talked about how, you know, they didn't want to uh, kill. They just want, did they want to just maim? Like was, you know, was the, you know, we know, so I, I also have the 175 unredacted doc, full all the emails between Fauci. I, I have all of those emails. Those are released in November, I think, before they... So the, I had access like three months before they said, breaking news, Fauci said the lab leak was, you know, it was bullshit, or it was happening. They were covering it up. So, uh, wow, what was that question again? Um, sorry, I got ahead of myself there. No, no, you, you said... You, 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 you did answer it. Um, you, you know, that, that in some cases, it is people looking to, to do harm to people. I mean... I think they took, there's opportunists. opportunists. I think there were people that, I think Fauci did it for money. I don't, I don't know that he did it to harm people. I do know that the plasmid, so I think some people just want money and they don't care what happens to other people. I think, you know, we know that the DNA uh, is capable of making 300 copies of itself. And then there were trillions found per vial, trillions trillions of DNA. Like if you took a glass of water and you separated it into three parts, one third of that shit is that plasma DNA. And not only that, it's contaminated with E. coli because that's what it's made in. So right now we're worried about sepsis. And we also know that Pfizer and the FDA agreed to list the lipid nanoparticle itself as what is called an excipient, which means it's not 
active. It was listed as like an extra ingredient, like inactive, like like uh, a filler. That's what they listed it as. So they didn't have to do uh, proper testing on it because they, they, they skipped so, so much. But, you know, that DNA, it also has somebody put that switch on there for nuclear transport. It's called a promoter. They Somebody intentionally put that on there. And so who, who, did who that didn't? Yeah, who did that? And then when, so I have friends that make vaccines. I can't tell their tell people their names. I've had journalists badger me in my DMs, harassing me, saying, give up your contacts. I do have friends in the industry. And I have friends that I, I don't want to name where they work. But they, one of them has seen some of the stuff and said, and I don't know if my friend's lying to me or not, but is saying, because we've been friends for years, saying, we didn't see the files that showed this contamination. So is there a cover-up happening because we're seeing the files or is someone changing what's on the data before it exits the door? Right. How many people are complicit? So it's becoming really complex. Well, that sounds and- like compartmentalization, which I'm completely open-minded to. We know about the... We know about the... See, my mind has gone blank now. I'm supposed to be the history graduate. Um, the What were the experiments to create the atomic bomb known as? I can't remember. Um, what, whatever. But the, the vast majority of people who worked on it, they didn't have a clue that they were creating a bomb that would kill um, half of Hiroshima and half of Nagasaki. So I, I, I'm totally with you. I, I, here's, so here's another question, if yeah. I might. Um, so, okay, so the coronavirus... It is this ball of stuff, and it has all these parts to it. They chose to use the most lethal part to put into people. So I just want to like reiterate that. They could have picked any part, and they could have made the excuse, well, it, it wouldn't make the body see something. And, and I just want to say that. like We know now studies are coming out. If you got the jabs, I didn't know if it was safe to say certain words on your show because I don't want to get you banned. No, no. Say vaccines. So, you know, we know that the more vaccines and boosters people get, what are, what's happening is these antibodies called non-neutralizing antibodies are forming. So what that means, if you imagine your body, like the house, imagine having an intruder enter the house and you've got a gun and you're trying to shoot the intruder and the intruder is the the coronavirus or, or another virus because people are getting sick from other things right now and they're having uh, antibiotic resistance, they're getting infections and they're not able to fight it off. That's on the rise. But imagine if you had a gun to shoot and imagine the antibodies were your bullets and you just got loaded with fucking blanks. And not only that, the, the jabs were supposed to, we were being told that the antibodies that they made were supposed to go to the lungs. Uh, there's studies contesting that now. So imagine not only do you have the intruder coming in, but the the weapon that you are given to shoot them, you're standing in the basement and they are up in the attic. So you can't even you can't even hit them. Plus, you've got planks like you're fucked. We're, we're going to do that. It's going to be like a 1980s television drama. This is to be continued. This is an episode <laughs> of The Incredible Hulk, 1981, Bill Bixby. It's a two parter. It was fantastic, wasn't it? Two-parter. On that bombshell, we're going to say goodbye to Christy. Don't go anywhere just yet. And we'll we'll pick this up again as soon as you can. So late next week or early the week after next, we'll pick it up. There is news on Isabel's friend. We'll get into that maybe uh, then. But just let me remind our listeners before we say goodbye. It's Christy Laura Grace. On the Twitter account, you will find a link to the Substack account, which is Christy, which is C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E. So that's Christy Laura Grace dot Substack. 
rnalnp.com. As I mentioned earlier on, RNALNP and recombinant protein biotech specialist. Um, that's been an education. Thanks for your time. I really mean that. I'm going to get off This Is A Live show now and get it online. So I'll be in touch with you a little bit later on. And just thanks. If I've got 25 seconds if you want to have a quick wrap up. Thanks, everyone. Um, thanks for, for listening and uh, try not to uh, get absorbed in all of the things that are they're trying to distract you with right now, like graphene oxide and the other stuff. A lot of the, the, the raccoon dogs, that is meant to distract you. Keep your eyes on the prize. DNA, RNA, LNP. That's what we're looking at. Don't let other stuff distract you and live your life. Don't Don't get absorbed into this stuff. Go have fun. Holy shit. Like, it's depressing talking about this stuff. It's not a rehearsal, is it, life? No. I'll give you that. Christy, brilliant to meet you and great to have you on. And we'll, we'll um, obviously, with your permission, we'll set it up again for real soon, like I said, next week or the week after. You enjoy the rest of your day and uh, speak soon. Thanks so much, Richie. Thanks, everybody. You're welcome. Christy Grace live on Wednesday's Richie Allen Show. Rapidly out of time. I've got a couple of seconds to get out of the programme. Back with you tomorrow at 5 o'clock UK time. Sonia Elijah is among the guests tomorrow. This will be online in around about 25 minutes time. Alrighty. Closing out the programme with James. And she's a star. See you tomorrow. Bye.